0: Episode 67 of talk about that. Oh my gosh, know, 67. Man. You always said we'd never make it past 66. I did. It's a and weird a, number for it's you. A to specific, yeah. You had a very a prediction that I had. Almost like prophetic vision. Well, more like apocalyptic prophetic vision of talk about that. (laughs) It was very strange. didn't (laughs) predict our demise.
1: I just predicted we wouldn't make it.
0: If I remember there was something about uh, a dragon with three heads was going to take us. I don't know. I think you mixed your theology and what was happening. Three-headed dragon sounds pretty unwieldy. You you know? know? (laughs) Like it
1: sounds terrifying, but it also sounds like, come on, buddy. There's no way that thing's flying straight. It can't be efficient. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's a... Like a locust person. Is it a tiny person the size of a locust? Or is it a giant guy with wings like a locust? I don't know. I don't know. Because would that be more terrifying? A tiny? Have you ever thought about this? A tiny little guy like the ant. Like the locust people in Revelation. Are they tiny people? I
0: don't think that the locusts in Revelation were people. I think they were locusts. I I thought they were locust people. I don't know, man. Maybe I've just, I've mixed up. Eschatology is a uh, dish best served. (laughs) <laughs> Fill in the blank, listener. Oh, I don't know how geez. to say that. So, hey, uh, how you doing, Johnny? I'm um, good.
1: I, uh, you know, I'm f- I'm sorry. I, was, I started out on weird stuff. I've got weird I think sense I humor. took us
0: there. I think I was the one. that I know,
1: it. but I've got a weird sense humor, and I, sometimes it gets me. Did I ever tell you the story? Uh, I just did a thing. Sometimes my weird sense humor, like I meet somebody and I'll say something really weird just to see if they're kind of on my <laughs> wavelength, right? And every now and again, it's oh, it's funny, and then they laugh. Like this one guy came in, I was in this church, it was really, really like, you know, green pews and it was like second Baptist church. It was like a typical, what you would ex- expect a Baptist church in, you know, Arkansas. So I go into this thing and I get there early and the guy's like, Oh, well, just anything you need. And I was sitting at my table and then the senior pastor came over cause I had, the guy i had met was like the, whatever pastor a uh, teaching pastor and the senior pastor. Hey, I'm senior pastor, you know, Bob Watson, whatever his name was. And I go, Oh, I hey, pastor Bob. It's so great to meet you. And then later on, the other guy who had helped me set up, came back over and he saw me talking to pastor Bob. And he goes, Oh, I see you've uh, met pastor Bob. I said, this is our senior pastor. I go, he actually told me that I could be the senior pastor now. And then the guy goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> and then Pastor Bob like saw that I was just being silly. And he laughed. I was like, Okay, thank God. Because sometimes I'll do stuff <laughs> like that, people are like, Duh, no, they don't understand. Yeah. I just think it's funny that you're like, Oh, this is our senior Really? He told me that he's retiring and I could be the <laughs>
0: <laughs> And you're out.
1: <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't work at all. Okay, here's something I've done two times. And both times, it fell flat.
0: I love that you did it again. I did it. I had to
1: try it again to make sure I wasn't like, am I wrong? Is this not funny? It still could just be that lightning did not strike twice. Okay, so 2010, New Year's Eve. You remember the date? I'd been doing comedy a year and a half. (laughs) I get invited to Wichita, Kansas uh, for New Year's Eve for this late night thing. So I go do it. And uh, I get there early that day. And they go, well, hey... uh, the guy that was bringing me in. Hey, you go take a nap in the hotel because I know you've been flying all day. We'll come get you because you're not going on till later tonight. It'd be like nine or ten o'clock tonight. Oh, great! So I go. I lay down. I wake up and there's a. I've set my alarm and there was a text message from this guy and it said, and then I by the, by the way, we had had lunch and he was a he was another like, I think he was a wannabe comic. He was like a on pastoral stuff there, but he wanted to be a comic because so he was going to open the show. I hate those kinds of people. So right. And pretenders. So he sends me a text, and again, I'm half awake. He sends me a text. Hey, somebody will be there to get you. Uh, and I guess he was saying it's not going to be me. So he's like, he'll be driving a red Cutlass. And so
0: well, I feel like this is like a this is like it creates your own ending. Like I should insert what I think you did. Right? There. I'm going to guess that what you did. I said I'll be the guy with the red rose. I said. <laughs>
1: Some. I said I'll be wearing a red carnation. Carnation, <laughs> no cops or the girl dies. <laughs> oh, what, oh my and then I just waited for the haha. Then you got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> and so and it was like another hour before that guy picked me up. And I was like, <laughs> Oh no, I got to go perform for these people. Does he think I'm serious? I don't have a hostage. And so <laughs> I get there. And there's a bunch of people. You know, it's a big event. And then before, right before I went on, I go. Hey, did you get my text? He goes, Yeah, 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 I got it. I go, Why? Well, you know, I was just being silly. He goes, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> he never like was like, Oh, you comedians. Oh, wow. He was just like,
0: Yeah, you went, you went too far.
1: I don't know if it offended him. I just think I don't know. Maybe he just is like, Oh, I get that kind of stuff all the time from my friend Ricky. Maybe he's got that kind of a yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think I tried it again with somebody else, and it didn't, it didn't go... Th- it wasn't that they didn't respond. It was just like I had to follow up later and go, what?
0: You know. Maybe, maybe... And again, kidnapping's a serious thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that... But
1: see, when you don't say ha-ha, now the NSA really does have a
0: threat, <laughs> Right. You just made of a me watch list. me just putting
1: something out in the universe. Whereas if you go, hey... My comedian friend, who I know is just making a dumb joke. Yeah. It's just something people
0: say in movies. No cops or I kill a hostage or whatever. Right. You're not explaining <sighs> it. I don't have a... Ho- right. Do you not go watch those movies? Do you walk out? Like, how dare they... How dare they give a, a dramatic interpretation of what... It's just a funny
1: thing to say. I'll be there and I'll be driving this. and it just leads me to those. It's like a spy thing. Yeah. Come <laughs> alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you just would have said... Something about the girl. That would have been weird. Bring but the cash. The carnation sets it off.
1: I should have said die. Bring the cash. No cops. Nope. Maybe he'd have been like, oh. Yeah,
0: leave out. Maybe you should do Bring out again.
1: the murder part.
0: Yeah, take out the murder. <laughs> Let's try it again. I want you to try it again. No. Can we I don't, think I, can. I don't it, think I can try it again. Funniest things do come in odd numbers. So we need to find a third thing still. Yeah. Wait. You already had three, didn't you? Yeah. Carnation. No cops. And I could try
1: it. I guess I have a show coming up. I could try it. But I'd have to set it up. Like, hey, can you send somebody to pick
0: me up? So it'd be like I was setting it up. <laughs> hey, do you care if I go to the hotel? I mean, John, you're, Johnny, you're on in an hour. Yeah, but I need to go take a nap. <laughs> and you need to send somebody. <laughs> but you have a rental car. I don't care. <laughs> just do it.
1: I just put it, I put it in my rider from now on. There needs to be somebody to pick me up. And they need to text me what they're driving <laughs> until I get this joke right. I don't know, man. That's so I, dumb.
0: I don't know. I think it has. You know, you were. Uh, you know, we we had the Fourth of July this week. I did. We did. <laughs> and I, you did I and had. You it. had your own. I apparently. Yeah. What did and you do? What the family did? The family. Uh, we had, so in neighborhood our neighborhood. In our neighborhood, there's uh, a house about three doors down that puts on, like, almost city-level yeah. fireworks. Like, it's big, and they invite a bunch. Of course, it rained a lot yesterday. Right. But it cleared off by the evening, so we had some friends over. I invited you, by the way. You did. and uh, you I'm sorry. You didn't come. And it's okay. It's okay. You Usually, you're out of town. You happen to be home this year. but Yeah. Um, and so, anywho, uh, when, once the rain passed, you know, so my buddy, actually, Matt, has one of those small Nintendos that has every Nintendo game ever made. Have you yeah, seen Yeah, yeah, I've got one. Yeah. Oh, you got one of those, yeah. I don't have every one. I, have, I think mine has
1: like 40 on it, but oh, he's, like he's a, probably... Yeah, he's probably... a like
0: 190 got. or something. He's got the good one. Yeah. So we played... Did I play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Yeah. Uh, so me and a couple of the guys, you know, we hung out and, and did that while the storms. And uh, and we ate a lot. So that was good. That's
1: America. Yeah.
0: We ate for our independence. And... um. And then, finally, the weather cleared enough, the kids could swim and everything, so they swam, and then we watched fireworks and did sparklers and all I
1: saw a guy, speaking of That's America, I saw a comedian talking about and I can't believe nobody ever gone here before. It's just a funny, such a funny premise. They talked about how, to show the British how mad we were at the tax on tea, we dumped all the tea into the harbor. Right. He's like, what does that do? It just makes more tea. <laughs> I just think that it's just so funny. Now the whole harbor's tea. You <laughs> think know. these British people are mad? No. <laughs> They got tea anytime they want it now. Well, that's great. That's great. But you watch the fireworks, of course. You didn't. Please tell me you didn't film them. I made a post about that, but I saw stop you, filming buddy. the fireworks. I don't want to be that guy that's the curmudgeon. But
0: nobody ever watches these. you know I almost tweeted at you? Nobody cares curmudgeon much or something like that. Nobody cares things. about your dumb twenty-second fire. They're all the same. You had a very, you had a very like sit at home and, and yeah, yell, I moked. You know, shout to the heavens. Well, my thing.
1: dog Toby freaks out from every. Ah. Sound So it was thundering first He's oh, yeah, just huddled yeah. And he's an 80-90 pound dog Yeah. So he's climbing onto me
0: Yeah.
1: And he's a totally like Normally not that way He's a pit mix Lab pit mix So he normally just goes He'll come see you And then he'll go off to himself But when it is thundering Or when there are fireworks He is like In your business Because he's scared Yeah. He's a cry He's just You can feel his heart beating And um, He was terrified the whole day so that's one of the reasons I stayed home because I was like, I don't want to just leave him yeah. here to shake in the corner. Yeah, Brutus is freaking out. He's pretty much deaf. But during the fireworks, he feels the feels of vibrations.
0: He's yeah. it like, it's and World War Three out there. Why is
1: anybody concerned? Everybody's eating hot dogs. But he's nine point one pounds. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. I just No, him, it doesn't you, know? you just it's different. <laughs> here, buddy. Here, I'm holding Yeah, Toby was on me, man. It was uh there was no going anywhere. But you know, it was fine.
0: But you, I'm glad you had a good time, John. I did. I had a good time. We had a good time. Um, I, uh, I, I We had some good conversations yesterday. And you, you tweeted something, though, speaking of jokes that people may have always get. I didn't just post
1: the curmudgeon thing. I posted a little snarky thing. I've posted it more than once. Uh, under many administrations, just so anybody's checking. Right. I always post, like, I'm so glad we es- escaped England over 200 years ago. To start our own country, one that is uh, without uh, unfair taxes and corrupt leaders, and it's just a it's just a funny dumb like thing to say. Yeah, uh, I think America can take it. Yeah, and the other thing we've talked about before is like America's got kind of an Israel thing. We're not Israel in part prophecy, but we have a similar thing of. We wanted uh, – we didn't want a king. We wanted our own th- – we had our own thing. But then slowly but surely, we've, we've kind of morphed into where our leaders have had more and more carte blanche power. Mm-hmm. And we've ceded that power out of convenience or they say they're going to protect us from the bad things in the world, yeah. a la the Patriot Act. And so out of fear, we've kind of ceded some of our liberty. And I just think there's a – it's kind of almost like we're heading back towards uh, having a king. And I think this is just funny that we left because we didn't want this, and now we've kind of accepted certain things. Well,
0: I mean, there's certainly a I – mean, we can't have a king. I know we can't have Unless a king, but I'm saying – I something horribly wrong. No, 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 but I'm mean? saying like we've – But you mean
1: – We've let ourselves right. – We've let our guard down in some ways as far as giving up some of our freedoms. Um, and I think it's just a conversation worth having, but it wasn't like I was like, let me start the fires on. It was just kind of a funny, snarky thing to say. Sure. Because it's like you know, we have a conversation about American exceptionalism and how important it is for some people that America's number one, and we're never going to have an argument about it, and only in America could X happen, and uh, we just grow up believing that, and um, you know, you know, I think that there's a lot to that. I think I love that I was born in America, and I'm very proud to be an American, and I root for the. I mean, all of that. When I win the Olympics, I root for the. You know what I'm saying. Even though I know these borders are very arbitrary and all of that stuff, it's just something that happens. It gets it puts a lump in your throat when the American soccer team wins or whatever. Right. Um, But some of that's ingrained in us, and I just think it's important to like dissect it every now and again instead of just being like, okay, I'm just gonna just go with this. Start thinking about okay, well, if America's so great, let's. It's it okay to address her flaws? Can she handle that? No,
0: absolutely. I think yeah. I think the gospel itself calls us to honesty, uh, authenticity and to not into confession. Right. You know, so I think those are th- that's where our faith should meet our citizenship. Yeah. Is there. And, and, and I think that the founding fathers, you know, and this is a great conversation to have. And that's well, I'll begin I'll begin with this. I was actually reading a church history book today and um, it was talking about the reasons in the first, second, and third centuries and sort of the process by which Christians became more and more persecuted. Yeah. Why that happened, you know? And one of the things was the adaptation of the Roman empire to Caesar worship. Okay. So in the beginning and they, I forget which, which Caesar they, he quotes, but one of the early guys in like 60, somewhere around there, um, he didn't want the people worshiping the Caesar because the the Republic felt he felt this you know it would be dishonorable to his fellow man. That was yeah. the quote of this of the emperor. Yeah, that hey you know that's not that's not what we should do. But the the kingdom, excuse me, the empire grew so vast and it covered so many different religions, so many different languages, and so much geographical, such a span mm-hmm. that there was no common. Like, what's going to be the common thing that makes everybody come together? Yeah. And eventually it just kind of morphed into, well, at first it was Rome, uh, Pax Romana, the the, the peace of Rome. Right. Meaning that if you lived in this place, even Paul, you know, would cite his own Roman citizenship when it behooved him or when it benefited him in a situation. And so having, you know, being under Rome... Rome's control. Besides the Jews, you know they were they were always the exception, but most everybody else, there was this feeling that over time, you know, you were going to like that. That was going to be the, the the good thing for you mm-hmm. because you had it was it was just a different kind of of government that didn't exist elsewhere. And so, um, again, obviously, I, I mean, historically, obviously, Johnny, at first, if you were if you were conquered or right. enslaved, I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying over generations, yeah, that they kind of all melded together. And you became almost native to Rome. Um, and so eventually, though, that idea of Rome being the thing, and they had all of this spirituality that went along with it. Eventually, the only way that that could, could have like a personification was that the, that the emperor Caesar himself must embody all of those spiritual ideals right. that Rome itself has. So over time, over about 200 years, it went from – you know, hey, Rome is a Rome is a great idea. Here's the Republic. Two, okay, we're, too, we're we're growing, we're big, we're vast. There's all these differentiating ideas. Yeah. You know, but Rome itself, piece of Rome, all those things. Two, the yeah. emperor is the embodiment of that, and yeah. so Caesar worship was completely. In fact, even the the author goes into all the things for a Christian that would have been difficult because they were the when you read old Roman coins and they find old things that talk about the way that they would speak of this of Caesar it was very very similar Caesar is lord in fact that was a thing they required at one yeah. point of all citizens you had to come to the temple and you had to burn a small amount of incense and you had to say Caesar is lord because that was how you reaffirmed your citizenship hmm. and and the fact that you were uh, loyal to Rome. Well, I mean, the Christians their their religion, now the Jews would never do that, but it was okay. The Romans would allow the Jews not to do it because it was ethnic. Mm-hmm. You know, because they weren't going to make you change your ethnicity per se. So but the Christians it wasn't ethnic they were they were people who were all doing the same thing a right. couple months ago we were we were proclaiming other gods and all these things and now we refuse to yeah. and so they were looked at as revolutionaries after a while or at least a threat of revolutionaries um, and because it was. It was. I mean, they, when he went through, it wasn't more than just Caesar as Lord. They were almost. They were theological statements that you could right. have substituted Jesus and Caesar for them in the early church because it was all one. It was coming out of the same yeah. time period, you know. And so it was just a fascinating idea of. And I do believe in American, the American president in particular. And I've read several books about American presidencies lately throughout history that the early founding fathers. And to your point about was, you were saying this off off the air before we started like do you really think that this is what they intended you know in terms of executive power and all those things right and the answer is yes and no in my opinion right depending
1: on the person they might have yeah been like hey i'll be a king by another name
0: well and and again there's a lot of people that wanted george washington to be the king yeah he would have been called once we got over
1: here once we got over here and we're away from them like all right let's just set up shop the way it was now and but you'll be the good king
0: right you're the good king george yeah yeah and, and he was the bad king george and so it's such a... It, and he knew enough not to do it. Right. He set a precedent, cool. but it wasn't necessarily going to happen that way. I mean, if he would have stayed in for 20 years, and, and he could have, right? then there's no telling what the American presidency would yeah, look like. Yeah, if he hadn't done you know? the term limit thing. Uh, but he, he created... Because it wasn't, I think, into what, the 25th Amendment or whatever, after FDR, that that actually became you know a now rule of law. You can't serve more than
1: two well, we Well, I was asking you, when did... Because we're talking about uh, unfair taxes. I think... Th- th- that's the interesting thing is I had people from the left and the right commenting, you know, or liking or putting yeah. wow yeah. faces, and uh, I thought it was pretty balanced because even people on, my far, on the far right, they at least believe that they're taxed unfairly, yeah, or that they're at least taxed confusingly, yeah. The tax code is meant to be cryptic, and it's always changing, and we can sneak this right. in on you. And now all of a sudden, I mean, we live in an area that's grown in yeah. Mount Juliet. You live in Mount Juliet. I live in Lebanon. And Wilson County has grown, and so there are people who own their property who are now paying double property taxes because of a property that's grown, a property they already own. Right. And so there are people who think that's really super unfair, and it's it's uh, tyranny, even yep. if you want to get libertarian about it. And so even people on the right could get behind that. And then when I say and corrupt leadership, they immediately assume that I'm attacking Trump. But honestly, I was asking you before the thing, like when did lobbyists get into the mix where? I can just be in the pocket of the NRA and guess what? I'm never going to vote any gun legislation and no matter how reasonable and common sense it is, or I can be in the the pocket of the abortion lobby and all of a sudden now, anytime Planned Parenthood is at stake, I'm going to make sure I vote their way. Like when did that all happen? Do you even know?
0: I think it was late, uh, late 19th, early 20th centuries when they became predominant. It, it, yeah. My, in my best recollection, like I've been, uh, we've been watching a, Kimber's documentary on Prohibition, which is just fascinating. Yeah, because you talk about you talk yeah, like about an
1: overreaction and, and religion and government getting power. Mixed in. Yeah.
0: yeah, you 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 have this this temperance movement, you mm-hmm. know, coming out of the Second Great Awakening. Although it's I want to come back to that because I don't want to forget your question, but so that's a fascinating thing for us to talk about. But. Around that time, you have these leagues and these movements that yeah. – and they're also uh, – they're, they're tied in as well with women's suffrage because they're beginning now to, to march and, and to you know try to influence legislation. They're writing to the presidents. They're writing to the congressmen. Uh, you also have in, in the middle of that civil rights that's beginning, though it's um, – being tamped down a lot. So between prohibition, women's rights being tied to that, uh, and it would take 40 years yeah. you know, for all that to really come to play. Uh, but I think it became a thing that we would call again, that the, the dirty word for it all is special interests. Yeah. But everybody's own interests feel special to them. Yeah. that, that That's our country. You know, our country has turned way more into a, a, a one issue voting population now. Yeah. That again, I'm, I'm just going to call some things. We were talking about this yesterday. We were talking about it. And we were talking about how, like, we're one issue voters in that people will. And, and I get it. I, I have issues, I mean, that are very, very important to me. You've I, got issues, John. I do. I have a lot of issues. But and but it has people, though, especially the, especially the abortion question. Mm-hmm. People will vote only on that. And that's the thing everybody campaigns on left yeah. and right. Cause, Cause they know that so divided. It's, yeah. yeah, if I can, no matter what else I say, I know you'll not, if, if, you're, if you're pro-choice, you're not going to vote pro-life and vice versa. Right. And so the thing that, that gets me in that, and maybe it's just the gridlock of government that some of the gridlock of government is to our advantage. That That's why we have stability to some extent. Yeah. But you know, conservatively and liberally, like we had multiple presidents including Ronald Reagan who did not overturn in his administration and not that the president can't overturn the supreme yeah. court law yeah.
1: but but he didn't make it a huge part of his his platform
0: I mean, whether he did or not it wasn't just able to push it through yeah. but you got Reagan, Bush senior, W, you know, Trump and they in so many of them especially in in the latter years campaigned right campaigned on the idea of you know, I'm going to change this abortion issue in yeah. America, and the same thing on the liberal side and on the Democratic side that that they, and I guess, to them, they did keep their promise, but all they had to do was keep the status quo in terms of what the right. law allows. Now, I know the states are attempting right now to to bring things to the Supreme Court that possibly allow, yeah. and I know that the justices. Are a big reason why that that was one of the main things that the conservative right. yeah, candidates all these, all these were saying, justice were
1: getting older and
0: right if you let me in i 'll make sure a conservative justice comes in you know mm-hmm. so but you you still can't help but feel sometimes like we're electing people based off of these one issues, and for the most part, most of those issues have not changed in forty years. Yeah. from a legal standpoint and I understand how the court system works. And maybe that's just that, that, that's the way that it works. And, but, yeah. but in that way though, I wish they would not promise, like stop yeah. promising that you're going to, and it's not just abortion, but this idea, we need to keep fighting for the right things. I yeah. get that.
1: But, well, I think didn't Obama promised he would close Gitmo. That was one of his huge things. And he didn't do it. Yeah. You know, it's like it was and he and not a lot of people called him on it. But, I mean, that was his promise during one of his campaign things. He's like, well, the, one of the first things I'll do is I'll close Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Because this atrocity had happened there where we had, you know, you know, tortured improperly guy, tortured. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so he was like, well, that, that won't go on or whatever. And then, you he, know, he honestly— did,
0: He did change, if I remember. He changed it a lot. Yeah, he, it's he interesting. got rid of most of the people. Obama of, was they... more of
1: a hawk than people remember, though. Uh, there were more drone strikes under yeah. Obama than in, even, you know, this current president. It's like there were tons of like just crazy indiscriminate like drone strikes and uh, I guess he was playing with that technology and some of that didn't get out. And then I was – it's interesting. I was reading the other day that like deportations under Obama were startlingly high. Yeah. So this idea that, like, if we had a Democrat in there, we would just let everybody in. It's like, not necessarily, bro. Well, and I read a— uh, It's just that it's like people don't call yeah. uh, a Democrat out on uh, a tough immigration policy for some reason. Um, it's just because of our our deeply well, entrenched we, we, politics. Yeah, we politicize. Yeah. Everything you
0: get so, it gets so politicized that we right. no longer are we We're looking. assuming
1: that the right is the party of no yeah, and stay out. And we hate brown people. And, and then when you got somebody who is a, a sitting black president and he's the guy who's like, no, get him out. And he deports like, I mean, he deported thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And it was the most by any president, by like 400%, that's what I read. And then you just go, and he just got a pass on it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just, it's interesting the way we politicize.
0: I would like to see that. So I read an article the other day about why the crisis is at its. Compared to the times before the modern era, why is it like this? And and the biggest variable, and it may be something to think of even with Obama, is that the number of people seeking asylum has gone up like a 1,000%. It has to do with the unrest and and the gang violence, Mm -hmm. especially in the cities, and people are fleeing by the hundreds of thousands. Because it, it's literally now the drug lords have taken over. Yeah. They've taken over the governments, have taken over everything, and prostitution. They'll force the they'll force your daughter into prostitution. They're force the the men into being in the gangs, and so some of them feel no other recourse right. but to escape. And that that increase in violence is is caused now. So he may have deported more because. Percentage wise, so much more right had come across the border, you know, and, and so I, I wouldn't mind seeing those numbers. Like-
1: yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm speaking from an article I read months ago, but uh, I don't know. That's the thing is, like, it's not illegal to seek asylum here. I think people need to get that in their head that, like, if somebody's trying to seek asylum and they're coming to the border and they're trying to, and um, you know, it's a hard issue. It really is hard but it is fascinating and and, and there's lobbyists on the sides of there too i mean that's the thing is like a lot there's lobbyists about this issue yeah um because people benefit one way or another because of this stuff it's so weird and uh, i i think about it every time i go fly that i got to take my shoes off and i got to do this certain things because we just we want to we, we want to be as convenient as we can and then we're convinced that we're under we're under threat mm mm-hmm. And so we let ourselves have this or this stripped away. And I'm not saying it's a big deal for I have to take my shoes off. But it is interesting. You know, we got one guy, you know, umpteen years ago that had a shoe bomb. And now it's like, we're going to check everybody's shoes until forever.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it's like one person really can ruin it for everybody. Uh, and I don't think that's really how it was set up.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean... In- you know in terms of I don't like taking my shoes off, John. They I, I see that, yeah. <laughs>
1: Jeez, we don't like you taking I your shoes it. off. Either. I
0: got my own kind of shoe bomb. You know back to your to your you know border detainee situation, you know. I think what bothers me on social media I understand and I always have I think I feel like I'm slow. I feel like I'm very slow to make decisions and and, and because the conflicting reports from reputable sources are so many right. that I get real frustrated. Part of this is my Enneagram Six. I get real frustrated with all the information when literally this this outlet is saying, and I'm talking these this these are people who are they do this for a living. I'm not talking just social media. Yeah. Right? This news outlet is saying. No, it's not that way. This congressman is saying, no, it's not that way. And this congressman and this news outlet is saying yes, it it's is. It's a this concentration way. camp. Right. And you right. go, okay guys, literally you're both I want to know
1: I want to know whether to be outraged about this yeah, you're or elected, how outraged
0: or if I'm outraged about it and then I find out that oh that was all somebody doctored a bunch of pictures or whatever. Yeah. You know? But here's the deal. I think I think I, I want to at least say this and I think that this is I think this is a gospel viewpoint. You and I have been to Coach Obama Bolivia multiple times. Mm-hmm. In Coach Obama Bolivia, when we were there, that law I believe has changed. Um, that the women's prison, when the women were incarcerated, the children. Went with them Yeah The children weren't incarcerated But they lived in the prison And they could come and go During the day But they slept in cells They didn't have beds And all those things It was like an open courtyard And you're, you only had What your family Or whoever would visit you We went bring.
1: into one of them Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? I went Killed into them, yeah, yeah, multiple I times that yet. Yeah
0: and so it was like a big shanty town almost in the yeah. middle of it, and you had to pay money if you wanted to sell on the out in the outside wall. And so, of course, prostitution was huge. Men would come to the prison, and pay money, mm-hmm. to the women inside, uh, so that they could afford. I mean, it was, it was it was a horrible thing. And children are being abused, living in horrible. And the first time we went there, we were serving food and, and, and to kids and That's giving right. them stuff, and it was just gut wrenching and heartbreaking. And what? And we were just. Absolutely appalled that the Bolivian government yeah. would allow that to go on. And I'm sure somewhere in the Bolivian government, someone's saying something like, we don't have the money in the social service system to care for every child whose yeah. parent commits a crime and goes to prison. Like they, they had a reasoning probably somewhere. It wasn't right. just like – I doubt if you would have asked them, they would have said, we hate our own children. Yeah, but the American kind of judgment of other right. countries that's what is we, that yeah. you just hate your own children, right? You know, um,
1: that's part of American exceptionalism where it gets dangerous. Is where we're like, I'm every everywhere, but that's not us as a third world country or whatever or right. developing country, and that's one of the reasons it's so important to go travel. Yeah, like get out and go see that. Like, oh wow, this is
0: yeah, you know. And so I see to, to this thing, regardless if let's just say ifs. If what has been said is happening to mm-hmm. children, then as a believer, I mean, forget my citizenship for a moment. It comes second to me being a believer. I love my citizenship. Yeah. But as a believer, innocent children children being treated in such a manner, it, it cannot stand on my watch Yeah. without me being prayerful, active, and saying that that should not happen. As much as I didn't let it stand on my watch when I thought it was happening in Bolivia. Yeah. You know? And so uh, that, and I see people on social media saying, "Well, this isn't our fault." You know, this isn't our fault that people are. It's not our fault that it there's unrest America. in it's South our America it's not now, our, right? And this is going to bankrupt us and all those things. And that's when I say, "Hey, I, I understand." And, and even this is what the one that gets me even worse. And I I know what they're saying, but hey, we're not even caring for our own yeah. children in our own system and all those things. And to which I say. Well then let's rise up and deal with that issue too. Let's not just say because we're right. not dealing with this one, we should ignore these people in trouble. Yeah. Like it's it's almost like we give ourselves this weird, really strange ethical pass Yeah that is basically saying, Well, if this thing's really bad, then I'm okay with this thing being really bad, instead of us saying, Hey guys, we shouldn't be okay with either one yeah. being bad. Like if you knew about that happening to our our citizens' children in this country then let's reform that as well. Now, Mm -hmm. I understand that we have limited resources and all those things, but that's where I want to say, hey, none of it's okay. I'm
1: tired of hearing we have limited resources and then hearing the president reference a Space Force, too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and again, now you're really getting into the... It's
1: just so weird, man. It's like, we don't have money to blah, 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 and then let's roll tanks down the street
0: and talk about Space Force. It's like... All right, guys. Let's let's take care of people. And, yeah, let's take care of people? And I think we got to say this: money does not fix everything. It really, really does not. And we do have, I believe, the best social services system in the world. I mean, I have friends who are social workers. I, you know, we ourselves as the church, you know, we we kind of come in and out of that world when somebody's in trouble. You know, and I think that I think that churches and I think that nonprofits in this country do. An amazing amount of good, both financially but also actually caring and having empathy and compassion and knowing someone's name and not just trying you – know, I think that that's a part of American idealism is the belief that somewhere across the board if we just throw money and everything, we can fix social – the social woes of the world. No, and, I don't believe that. And we cannot. I mean, again, you worked in mental health. Like, yeah, you, you, it's
1: tough. You, and yeah. it's it tough working in it. It just cannibalizes people. Yeah. I mean, those people you're talking about that you know, I mean, they're constantly burned out.
0: Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible for them. And They, and they
1: love it, and they love that they're making a difference. But sometimes they ask, are we making a difference? All the time. They right. question it. And uh, it's hard. Um, yeah, because it's like you're just trying to help one person at a time, one person at a time, one person. Time. It's like the need is so great.
0: Well, and I think that – and I want to I define something that i have reading lately, I think.
1: I want to know why you're in the pocket of Space Force. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I just believe it's the answer,
0: Johnny. Did that silver medal that you have come from somewhere else, Tom? Johnny? I'm just going to say this: I I may take money from special interests, <laughs> and I'm going to Mars I'm next the, year. I'm in the, I'm in the space <laughs> pocket. Uh, I'll see you. No, I think that the, we use that word exceptionalism. And, yeah. and when I'm reading, here's the deal: American exceptionalism was a thing to the founding fathers, but I don't think it's the same. Th- it wasn't the same thing to them. That it is to us, yeah. Like the founding fathers, your your George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison. Okay, first four presidents all involved somewhere in Revolution slash Declaration of Independence slash Constitution yeah. slash Articles of Confederation, but before the Constitution slash Bill of Rights slash. The guitar player for Guns N' Roses. Thank you. I'm glad that that's my favorite joke you tell all the time. <laughs> that's so. so stupid. So it is dumb, and so the. These guys, if you yeah. really read the writings, yeah. they believed American was, America was exceptional, not out of some intrinsic, inherent, we're better kind of thing just because, like mm-hmm. out of our nature and our essence. Right. American exceptionalism today is almost like, in our essence, we're better yeah. than others. They didn't believe that. They, were, they thought
1: America was a great idea.
0: There you go. What they really knew was exceptional yeah. was that they were trying something that no one else in history and they were all students of government. They were they were students of Plato and Socrates and in Rome and yeah. Greece, Athens, all like they they were studying an amazing amount. I mean daily, if you read what they're doing and what they're reading, these guys weren't just sitting around going, You know be a good idea? I'll tell you what. Like th- these guys we're, we're debating on a level, on a phil- philosophical, level. You don't governmental... think they could do
1: it with that accent that you just said? I don't know, You don't man. think someone could debate on a philosophical level?
0: I'm going to tell you right now what that Socrates, that Socrates. When? In the course of human events. <laughs>
1: that was a little Ross Perot. That was Ross Perot. Doing? It
0: was. Said, Can I finish? <laughs> and so what they thought was exceptional was, and they took it, <laughs> there was a humility about it. Like, that's why there was such debate and discourse. That's why it took 10 right. years to have the Constitution. It was about
1: service. It was about, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: And and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson didn't agree with each other on most all of it, even though they were friends. And, and then enemies for a long time and became friends at the end what of their lives. What
1: Quincy Adams? What was his deal?
0: It's, it's fascinating. He it was the only other besides George W. Bush, son of a president. Huh. Uh, John Quincy. But again, great, these are great thinkers, whether you agree with their thoughts or not, yeah. they were great thinkers. So you're right. What they felt was exceptional was the opportunity to do something different. And, and it was all about balance of power yeah. above all else. But they even appealed to higher power. These guys weren't what we would call, you know, uh, um, Thomas Jefferson in particular. There's all kinds of stuff written about it. And it's true that he had a Bible where he removed he removed the yeah. the miraculous parts and all those things. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean that he he, he didn't buy into the the supernatural side of right. those things. He was more of
1: a deist, is what I've heard a lot of the founding fathers were deists. They right. believe kinda of God wound the watch. Yep. He built it and then he just let the watch go. And now like whatever happens, happens. Right, and he doesn't interfere necessarily. He doesn't intervene.
0: Quite honestly, how a lot of works-based Christians, I think I live my life like that a lot. I, yeah. I, I, except throwing a whole lot of guilt, almost like a right stereotypically. He wound the watch, Catholic... and then he makes you feel bad for being the watch. Right, right. Now I should feel bad and wonder if he's going to just reject me at any moment in time. Yeah, you know. So that that's kind of that. I need to work hard to keep his approval. You know, but they weren't all. I mean, some of the guys I think had had. Uh, we say founding fathers like they're one group. Founding fathers were also the epicenter of political parties. Like they were actually like Alexander Hamilton died in a duel mm-hmm. <laughs> with Aaron yeah. Burr. Like he was hated by half of America, as was Thomas Jefferson. Mm. They weren't. They weren't. You know, friends. They were enemies. But they were both founding fathers. So I mean, I think we got to remember that that some of that. You now George Washington and jefferson those guys they didn't like the idea of political parties but it's like it couldn't help but happen
1: so you're saying a hundred years from now my legacy could be looked upon better than it is now perhaps oh absolutely even though half of america may
0: not hate me well america may hate me but may not even know me (laughs) they they may hate you right now and it could be higher but i'm working on the staff i've actually it's high 60s i'm actually taking a little
1: straw poll but but I got a chance to turn it around once I realized, people realized
0: I was on the right side of history. If somebody will rewrite your history with an exceptional yeah. viewpoint, then yes, it's possible but we could say, to, well, to even the, though Johnny sounded dumb in his yeah. own time, what we realize now is. But to the wrap it up, the whole point of what I
1: tweet, what I tweeted and put on Facebook was, to your, to exactly what you said, America started out as this great idea. Let's leave because we don't need this. And then we got to make sure we're holding to the idea of America rather than just thinking because we're America, things are going to work out and we're never going to want to give up our freedoms and we're never going to just settle for a random tax increase that makes no sense, uh, that's unfair, or we're going, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's easy to settle for that stuff when you just think that America is this watch that we wound back to deism. That the Founding Fathers said it, right. and they forgot it, and we don't have to do anything. We, we don't need to intervene as a peaceful. people. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is we have
0: to constantly be intervening. Yeah, the idea was yeah. – the, the idea of America was that. Right, checks and we balances. Would, we would be intervening the whole yeah. time, and that, and that good men and women would continue. Yeah. It was built upon men and women being willing to share power – Right and not need it for themselves like the gentry and the and, and the elite had done before them. The gentry, yeah, those people that that the landowners and and, and property. no even though, again, I understand, listener, this is we don't have time. I understand listeners may be thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, but it was all made for the landowner. The, w- the Women didn't have the vote. African-Americans are three-fifths of a person in the Constitution. Right. You know, we
1: have... And you and, kept them both uneducated enough to where they couldn't, you know what I'm saying? Like right. there was a, the system was wired against them. Native Americans them.
0: are referred to as savages and consistently break every treaty with them that we have and move them out, out of the lands where we can use the resources greater to other places and keep them in systemic poverty for hundreds of years. Like... America, as the idea, had an exception from a European standpoint, mm-hmm. and it certainly was still for mostly white males, so it was not an exceptional ideal for if you were a black person in america it, especially in the south and now there, there you know it, 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 there were free men and other people in in the north, but if you were a woman if you, if you were a minority. And if you were not a landholder even, Mm -hmm. there was a good chance that it wasn't exceptional for you, but it would have been better possibly, not for the slave and not for the Indian necessarily, but for the poor white, it was better than anything that ever existed in the world, rights and all those things. So in that particular case, that's why I think when we say, hey, let's make America great again, you, you, you have to ask the question, for who? right or for whom sorry oh yeah my bad like like okay i agree america is amazing and great but and i think this comes for me this sums it all up like because i hate getting political but but i do like being historical i am not expecting and i think this is where the follower of jesus probably can find peace i am not expecting my government or a political system or a president and by the way the founding fathers are very conflicted on, on the power of the executive and what it should be. Thomas Jefferson did not want a president, and that's why he didn't. Know, he didn't even want a governor of the state. Mm-hmm. You know, well, Alexander Hamilton wanted basically just below. They wanted to call. They wanted to call the president "Your Highness." Yeah. When, when, when you announced him, there's all these things about like, what are we going to announce. What him did Jefferson
1: as? want? Just like a show of hands every time they wanted to vote for something. Yeah. Let me get a show of hands. Exactly. on Jefferson who wants to buy Louisiana
0: <laughs> very much. A direct, a more direct <laughs> democracy. You're exactly uh-huh. right, and so he conceded eventually that the senate would represent the more upper educated there had to be somebody who was philosophical educated yeah. who wasn't working with his hands all day who was reading the books in the, but that was his work he was going to read the books all day and he was going to understand where government can go awry so that we yeah. weren't just going to you know because populism Again, they they wanted to avoid what eventually became. The, it, Jefferson was so key, by the way, in the French Revolution. Yeah. He loved it. He loved the idea that the people would just rise and rule, and it was like the bloodiest revolution ever. And are not beheading people in the and streets. And it's not
1: changed a bit, John. Now we have a president like we always have who read all the
0: books. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to make any political statements here today. Okay, go ahead. So, but that that idea, though, for the Christian, is that. If I really do expect a nation to bring what only the right. kingdom of God right. is, America's and will be. Yeah, right? America's not just, your savior. It just—it just can't. It can't. And anytime I mix it, I can say, as a history teacher, I can say, as a citizen, I can say, as one who votes, I can say, as one who pays taxes, and I can say, as one who tries to study and who loves my country, that what a blessing that God has allowed this nation to give us these human freedoms for as long as we have. For some of us, and that for some of us, we have a system that allows us to add the proper freedoms to those who've been disenfranchised all these years. That's a blessing that the system is elastic enough that it can change and breathe if we're willing to be good people who arise up and say, hey, it's time. Right, the freedom to criticize system. This podcast
1: uh, is an example of that. Yeah, Because, I mean – the Gestapo is not going to bust in right, here. Right, they're not going to kick yet. in the door because we don't have enough listeners. But uh, no, no, <laughs> they're, I, never gonna
0: hear I, they're never going to hear. They're
1: never going to hear this. No, I think it's interesting. Adelaide Stevenson, I think, said um, the definition of uh, freedom is when it's safe to be unpopular. Yeah, uh, and I think that's true. Like you can be unpopular, but if you're if it's, if it's dangerous to be unpopular, that's when you know you're in trouble. And yeah. we don't really we don't feel that in america like they do in, a, in other countries uh there it's in, there are people who would say hey hold on i got audited under obama i was a nonprofit and i have uh, right wing leanings and i was audited there was a, that was a big scandal under obama and then there's i've talked we talked about that how i think the government has a mute button there's windowless vans heading out to whatever there's there's blogs being shut down there's i mean it, that's when it gets dangerous to me is when we – we let we let uh, people say because um, what the president says has power. It's this rhetoric is very powerful now because social media just goes out to billions of people, and so and so you know if the president says, for instance, like these journalists are acting treasonously. That's a crazy. That's an. That's a. That's a really interesting thing right, for that, the president to say. That, when that you're accusing somebody who's printing a story on you because yeah. it is unflattering of treason. That's something a president would not have done. So I think that's why I say, especially when the Bill of Rights gives us the freedom of the press. Is right, like in the first three. It's, right? it's like huge. It's. Like, it's they get one a of the right big to hunt. write their opinion. Yeah. yeah, so we're saying, oh, I don't like that he wrote that. No, and i mean, so again, it's
0: not. I, mean, I understand libel and slander. I Understand that, but like, right, right. If right. if that's what the American political system has always been built upon a press yeah. that was against somebody. Well, and even like,
1: satire where you just do print a lie because it's, you're trying to prove the point of the other right. side. You know, that's even protected. And speech. if somebody's
0: being libelous, take them to court. That's your yeah, recourse. Yeah. You know, if you don't, you know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. though. But so, so the idea that, like, we're here and, uh, you know, from – you know, even from late George W. with the Patriot Act, then you've got Obama. He signs the most executive orders of any sitting president. And now you just see, I just, that's what I was pointing out is like, let's not let the idea of America go because uh, it's important that we stay involved. We instead of being like, well, if we, all we have to do is just say that it's great and it'll be great. By the way, did you see my poster or that that post yesterday that it was just, I'd never, I'd seen it before maybe, but it was Washington wearing one of those red hats, the Trump hats, but it just says make America.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's pretty clever. That's great, he met uh, America, John he did no and and it's a fascinating one of the things I love about history is in even recent history, I love that Thomas Jefferson and John Adams were like political enemies mm-hmm. and, and and you understand something this is going this is this is going to be a great tie to what happens later in history. John Adams was a one term president, he lost to Thomas Jefferson. So he didn't get his second term, and it was like this heartbreaking, horrible thing to him. And he went in. He was a very like depressive type guy already, like very critical of himself, very insecure about his own appearance, all those things, you know. I, I can relate to this dude. Jefferson's like, like so gentle and genteel is a is a right word that at every everybody thought they were Jefferson's best friend. Yeah, kind of thing, you know. And so he always, always had, everything's going to be okay. He had this like, this, this great outlook on life and, and always, I mean, exceptionalism. He, like, he believed, he wanted America to be a nation of farmers because he believed in, he believed in this agrarian yeoman existence was going to be, you could be happy living off your land. And he's a southerner and, you know, all those things. So, and, you know, Adams believes everybody should be learning all the government. He's an attorney, you know, and all these things. So, so there's, there's like this, this. Thing they hated each other, and at the end of their life, they start writing these letters, which is why we know about it because everybody wrote back then. Yeah, and they exchanged letters for years and years and years on end, and became close friends again, and then died on the same day. That's the great story, and and and. Oh, wow. I think it was Jefferson's final. It's a murder words. suicide. Jefferson's final no. w- final. W- <laughs> Jeez, well, <laughs> Jefferson's final words were like Adams. Adams survives. I think is, is what it was. Or was it Jefferson's Or was it Adams saying Jefferson survives? Whatever it was, the other one actually already died a couple hours earlier. Wow. There's no telephones or anything. So they died on the Fourth of July. By the way, what? Yeah, on the same day on the Fourth of July, and they were both legends in their own time. They lived t- yeah. to be to like eighteen twenty. But
1: they came back together. They were friends. So seventeen
0: seventy six to eighteen twenty, they were like. Yes. For real, people are coming to you know Jefferson's house, and I mean if you could go talk to – it would be like if Abraham Lincoln had survived in the 1890s, and 30 years later, you want to go talk to him about the Emancipation Proclamation. So that's happening in this time period. Anyway, I love that. I think that's what makes America exceptional is they had differing viewpoints, but they both had this sense of honor – for what the nation was that was bigger than than any one of them and that they could even reconcile and even laugh. There's a lot they wrote to each other laughing about – I mean running against each other for president and things, laughing about it. So I just read a book that's about Bush Sr., about George H.W. Bush, written by George W. It's a 2014 book, and he wrote a book, and one of the reasons was is someone told him, you know, you're the only – you're the second time in American history that the son of a president yeah. has also become president. And and John Quincy Adams never wrote a book about John Adams. He wanted to, but he never did it. Like, you should write about your dad. Like, this is an amazing right. American history thing. So he, it's it's amazing to hear about, you know, George H's – he was shot down, you know, yeah. in, in the Pacific and – all these things about this guy, you know, is, is is a fascinating story. The director of the CIA, you know, how that happened, is all the elections he lost, all those things, and and it was great to hear his, his son just really dote on him. Like, yeah. He was so proud of his dad, you know, and, and it was mm. great. And He kind of tells the whole story, but the the best part of the whole book at the end is George H was a one term president mm-hmm. who was beaten by who? He was beaten by Clinton. Yeah. And so, him and Clinton, obviously, and it killed him, by the way. George yeah. H., no, he didn't show it as much. Right. But just like John Adams, it killed him. And he went. You know, for a while – of course, immediately George W. got into politics and became the governor, and then Jeb became the governor You know, of Florida. And so he was—he had his kids and other stuff to mm-hmm. – and grandkids to deal with and all those things. But it was a blow to him because yeah. he, he was a very – he had the highest approval ratings of any president in history at that moment, especially after the Iraq War. But the economy took a downturn. Right. The and the economy, or- by the way, the, the – his changes to the economy had actually already began the uptick. They have the data – but it happened. It's basically, too late. It was too late in the election for them to, to. It was right before the, the numbers came out, like a week right. before election. And then Clinton and gets they, credit for it, right? And so that's nah, the way. It that's is. how economic cycles work. I'm not saying Clinton did do a lot of good as well for the economy. <sighs> I'm just saying. Why do you love Clinton so much? But the deal is, the guy who beat him later on in life, Clinton became great friends with George H. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Barbara called Clinton. Uh, like, oh, that's just our our other son. He would go hang out in Maine with them all the time, and they would laugh. And then, you know, they did the whole when uh, first. Well, Katrina was one of the times, and yeah. and and then the tsunami. George W. asked Clinton and his dad to please come together and to raise funds. Right, so, I remember this. And that's how they, they became did all those friends. PSAs together. Yeah, all those PSAs. They people couldn't believe it. They were like, "What are they doing?" Yeah, and they started traveling together, mm-hmm. and so. They literally buried whatever hatchet might have been there between them politically and became friends to the point that they're, he's hanging out at dinner and stuff, and they like laugh and love each other and have like this great relationship. And that's when I go, whether or not that's only in America, I'm not sure. If I was going to say only in America, like I said, it's not because of the general essence of America is better. It would be because there is a system from our foundation that is – it would be very hard in other countries for that to happen because they don't have that system in place. It might happen now. There's a lot of democracies. But, I mean, historically, it's almost unheard of that the leader of the entire nation that's ousted by another person – Right. They're going to be And they go on to become friends because they see the greater good. I just – to me, that's like the coolest – and they didn't – by the way, he didn't make that connection in it. I just happened to read uh, you know, Jefferson and Adams and then saw this with Clinton and Bush and going, Oh my gosh. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing that throughout history we maybe, have a nation where that can happen.
1: Maybe there's hope for us.
0: Maybe it will go on to be to be friends, friends and bury the hatchet.
1: I mean, it's t- you think it's time?
0: I don't know, Johnny. This blood feud, it actually gives me energy. <sighs> you <know>. That's good. <laughs> That feels good. <laughs> and listener, we hope that our talk has given you energy today. But I really doubt it. Yeah. Well, well, it's been informational. It was. It was a fourth of July episode kind of, you know. We we were we're talking America. about our nation. Yeah. What's going on? And here's the deal. I wanna I want to make a oh, post boy. a postclaimer. I don't like this. No, I just think it's I think it's important for us to know. There is just like a tweet, just like a Facebook post, yeah. even just like a book, there is no chance that Johnny and I, as we flew through a hundred different topics today Mm. that are all hot buttons in American culture and history right now that we were able in this time to give a complete, you know, three hundred and sixty degree viewpoint that brought in all sides. You, there's no doubt you were like, yeah, but. And if that one, already, they've already written their angry tweets. And John. if that one thing that that we didn't say is the most important thing to you, it's not because oh, we don't think it's important. It just means
1: it means get your own podcast is, is a, what it means. It's
0: a dialogue. <laughs> so get we,
1: your own podcast and rail about stuff there.
0: <laughs> so we we don't claim to have all the answers. We don't. Hey, I do think I want to take care of children who are in trouble. Hey, I, I don't do. care where they are, who they are, and take care of children in trouble when we can, because I believe the gospel calls me to do so. Let's let's be let's yes let's let's be citizens. But I do think God blesses us. But when we say we're going to run out of money, Johnny, yes, as a Christian, I don't believe that. For no, me. I don't believe. It I believe my God has all the resources He needs, and let's do. I, and, and the resources in my hands are His. I will do my best to take yeah, care just of people. Do the when right I can. thing. Yeah. So, but that being said, there is a political side. Oh, my. There is a political side, let's just make sure for me Johnny, i wanna be i want to be a believer first so <laughs> hey hopefully we we may have lost all of our listeners it's today. fine. We'll it's have okay. other podcasts, yeah, we'll you know talk about this'll be the next one Ooh, we'll start I like Ooh, that. Yeah, it's a spin off so but we do help you share, and hopefully it made you think we have some people to over the over the last two years tell us like you know. I never would have thought like that or I would't have endured that viewpoint yeah if you guys hadn't talked it out and I hadn't been willing to listen so
1: we seem like reasonable people yeah. they're like well listen for a minute we'll
0: listen for a minute and that's kind of how that's really what American oh, exceptionalism is is we're willing to listen to oh my gosh yeah. John you kn- you put a bow right I did, on and brought it all back around so except Johnny's worried about a van pulling up and taking him off with no windows apparently Bro. It comes up a lot windowless vans a phrase I hear out of your mouth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It's my worst fear. I'm, I'm a, you know Pastor Roy has a windowless van. Oh, uh, no. Oh, my gosh. Maybe he's a part of the... I don't think so. You don't think so? No. But it's also got a Mickey Mouse sticker on it. So That's right <laughs> That's That'd so diabolical. Weird. You get thrown into a van with a Mickey Mouse sticker, you're like, well, I don't know where don't I'm know. going. Here, have a popsicle. You know, it's like... That's oh, weird. Nice. As we take off to our interrogation. All right, hey, make sure that you share and uh, give us more questions stuff you want to talk about and we're always we're just very grateful we get to do this with you and we'll see you next time when we talk about that